far as yoga goes, stop thinking it's bendy people and skinny people. I hate, I hate that. I hate that so much. I hate hearing I would do yoga, but I'm not flexible. Like no shit. So I invited you. Nobody goes to yoga because they're bendy. <laughs> people go to yoga because they're broken. I'm broken. My soul and my physical body was broken. I mean, really you go to yoga to be unbroken, to unscrew all the mess that you are. So if you're not perfect and you have bad days every now and then, maybe you should try yoga. I mean, basically, if you're human, it's good for you. Give it a shot. Welcome to today's episode of Money Self Made. Today, we have a really unusual guest for you. This is a woman-owned business, and her name is Lisa Kehoe, founder of Vivify Yoga, right here in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. And I had to have her on the show to talk about how she bootstrapped this yoga studio from scratch. Her and her husband escaped their toxic jobs and invested every cent they earned into this yoga studio. And now here we are, six years later, she's a wild runaway success. And she has all of the wisdom and grit that you would expect someone with that story to have. And if you don't leave this episode with inspiration and goosebumps, then you weren't listening because this girl knows how to drop some wisdom bombs. You do not want to miss the show. I'm so honored to have her on. Before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping. We are going to be renaming Money Self-Made to Invested Success. So whenever you search for us after a couple of episodes from now, you're going to have to search for Invested Success. But I know you've already smash that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever else you listen. So you'll never miss another episode. If you watch the very end of this episode, I will give you a special prize and treat. So there's a secret nugget at the very end. Call it out in the comments. You get a special present. I am so excited to bring this guest to you. Her story must be told. She is just such a great hilarious person to talk to. She swears like a sailor. She threw the rule book out the window to start her business uh, and did it her way. And what else can you ask for than that? I mean, that's what entrepreneurship and success is all about. Not to mention the mindful element of yoga and how that practice, I think, has helped her through these very exciting transitions that she's endured. So without further ado, please help me give a warm round of applause and welcome to Lisa Kihu. Welcome, Lisa. just listening to you talk in class and what my favorite thing about your classes specifically, which I always try to catch is just your sense of humor. How did you bring that kind of fun, playful approach to yoga so that it's like a black light party instead of a very, you know, quiet, calm experience? I am a living train wreck and I am extremely stage fright. So (laughs) that's where it came from. I'm like that person who used to sit quiet long enough. I'll say something stupid. Just give me a second. I hear you completely. I like love to embarrass myself publicly for no reason, which is why I started this podcast. Yeah. I don't attack yeah, yeah. anybody else because then I'll feel bad. So I'm like, well, <laughs> I'll take them for the team. It's cool. <laughs> nice. I dig it. I dig it. Did you become a yoga teacher and then decided you needed to start your own studio? No, actually, Vivify completely did everything backwards. I think we're the only ones. So you want to hear the story? Uh, we were supposed to be at tanning salon. <laughs> so the way that it started, my husband was like, okay, I want to work for myself. I hate my job. I was like, okay. And I was going to be a good supportive wife. I'm like, sure, whatever you want to do. I, I'm, I'm down. Let's do this. And he said, tanning salon. I was like, that's weird because, you know, people like us, we don't really go tanning because we're covered. But I was like, well, this is okay. Yeah, sounds great. Sure thing, honey. And we went on a long hike in Pecos. 
it's like our little spot. It's like a eight miles, six, to eight miles up or whatever. And we just go there to clear our heads and just it's a great roughing it kind of backpacking experience. We're going to go there for the weekend. We're going to talk about our tanning salon. Then we're going to devise a business plan. We come down from the mountain and we're going to have this plan. Like, okay, let's, whatever you say, let's do this. And we went up there. And at the time we were, we're not yoga teachers. We we're just students. And we were, we were practicing pretty regularly. And I think it was yoga's fault that we were getting that entrepreneurial mindset. Cause we were like going into that self-worth and self-value and why are we in these horrible jobs? <laughs> you know, like, what are we doing? And not all jobs are horrible, but yeah, ours kind of sucked. We're like, let's just do a business. And, and tanning salons are kind of easy, right? You have like a front desk girl and someone in the back and a bunch of beds and done, not a massive staff. It was just an easy money-making kind of business. I wouldn't say it was a self-fulfilling one. I was a little bit meh, leery about doing it, but again, I'm a good wife. So I said, okay. <laughs> so we're on this hike and it's about three days in. And the whole weekend, we're just in the mountains. I did some yoga up at the lake. It was just, it was wonderful. And on the hike down, it's real narrow. I don't know if you've ever been to the Windsor Trail. The only way you can get there is by by foot or by horseback. That's it. And it's like super narrow trail. So if you're with anybody, you came and walk side by side. There's one in the front, one in the back. So I'm walking down this trail. I have my husband behind me and we're trying to get down and beat the rain. And it's like, okay, we got to think of where are we going to put the tanning salon and what part of town is going to be good? He's using the words tanning salon. He's like, where are we going to put this tanning salon? What kind of beds are going to be super safe? And I'm just like, thank God he can't see me rolling my eyes. Like, I don't know. Why would I know? Like, okay. And then he goes, we got to think of a name for our yoga studio. And I stopped dead in my tracks. It was a really bad idea because I actually fell and I broke my toe, but, and he like toppled against me and I almost went over the edge. I'm like, it's like, what are you doing? Why did you stop? Lisa? I'm like, you said yoga studio. <laughs> he's like, no, I didn't. Why would I say that? Like, you said it on me. And then he stopped and he's like, I did. And then the, the rest of the hike down was like three more hours. And the whole rest of the conversation switched to like, well, could we, we're not teachers. And we were, we were going to become teachers. What would it be like to open a studio from a student perspective? Because every studio is opened by a teacher and very common. I had a lot of friends who were yoga teachers. One of the things that teachers struggle with, and they struggle with it now, and I'll get back, I'll kind of jump into that later, is they, they forget about their own practice. Not all of them, but it's it's hard. You start teaching a lot of classes, and then you start teaching as many classes as you used to take, and suddenly you're the teacher and you've forgotten to be the student. You can never forget to be the student. Your own practice can get lost. So we thought, let's slow down. Let's just open this from what do we want as students walking in the door? What, what is it we want? Not what a teacher wants, what do we want? So we opened a yoga studio as students and it was hilarious because no one knew who we were in the yoga community because they're pretty tight and terrifying. <laughs> they're like, let's do it. Let's open a studio. Screw it. Let's go hire everybody we love because then we don't have to drive to Albuquerque anymore. That was kind of also part of it. And that's what happened. And three months later, we were signing leases and getting things rolling and hiring teachers. And then that year we both got ourselves certified. And it was kind of how we started. I love that story. There's like so much I want to dig into on that right now. So <laughs> I totally want to know one, what kind of crazy crappy jobs were you dealing with? Like what was the toxic hell that drove you to the insanity? All right. Ask away. What are some questions? What do you want to know about that whole mess? Let's uh, start out with the toxic job situation. What, ooh, what happened there? To just blackball them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's kind of funny because we actually are still working, but not for the same employers. We've change that a little bit. My husband was in construction. He was a field superintendent for an HVAC company in Albuquerque. He was constantly gone all the time, just job sites. And he's that guy that was family outings has the cell phone right here. 
and every freaking family picture. And it was just like, dude, you are not involved. You're not present. And yoga was sort of making him realize that I was, and currently am, but in a different capacity, a 911 dispatcher and supervisor. So another dispatcher actually forced me into yoga. I didn't want to go. I was so against yoga. I thought it sounded so stupid. I'm like just stretching in a room. Who the hell wants to do that? I was in 911 and I was a union steward and not to get incredibly personal, but my past is kind of crappy. We all have different pasts. And I'm also a domestic violence survivor. I was like a domestic violence survivor that was also a dispatcher. Nobody knew that I had survived these bad incidences. And so sometimes those calls for service I could identify with. I was like, oh, I have been her. Oh my God. You know, it was just terrible. And so yoga just, man, it saved me from some serious accumulative, like PTSD, that kind of stuff. What ended up happening is I loved my job, but my job became really toxic. There's only so many 17 hour shifts in a row that you can do and miss out on so many family things before it starts to tug at your heart a little bit. I started developing some health problems, some sleep disorders, lots of stuff. And the management that I was working with, the union was crumbling. There was no support for myself or my staff. He got to the point, he's like, you are miserable. And our marriage is becoming <laughs> not much of a marriage. We're just roommates. We even like each other. It was terrible. Yoga was the one place we were happy. And so it was like, let's let's keep doing yoga and then open tanning salon, whatever. But the whole point was just break away from having to answer to somebody else and see what life is like answering for ourselves. And so that kind of got us moving in, I guess, sort of that direction. That's an incredible story. I had no idea. And that's really brave of you to talk about your own situation. I'm a whole bag of issues. I got them all. <laughs> so is everybody. So is everybody. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's, I mean, first of all, like, wow, thank you for that service that you contributed to the world. It's really important. But now you're also, I mean, if for anyone that hasn't been to Vivify, it's like this beautiful utopia. And I remember my parents moved to Rio Rancho from Santa Fe and I was like, oh, what is this random little town? <laughs> Nothing cool is out here. And then five minutes away from my house is like literally the coolest yoga studio I've ever seen in my life. And I've done yoga in like Australia. Australia and Los Angeles. Yeah, it's really special. It's really cool. So I love that you created this. I, I would love to know from you. So when did yoga go from like stretching in a room to like your sanctuary of where you and your husband were truly happy? What, how did that transformation happen? It happened really fast. To be honest with you, it happened really quick. It was weird too, because we weren't practicing together. We were practicing separately because we had kids and they were young still. So it was kind of like, and it was kind of crappy at first, actually, because he didn't want to do yoga. And I was like, these are my yoga nights. And then I wanted him to try it because he also made fun of it a lot. He was big in a CrossFit. Life is CrossFit, you know, blah, blah, blah. I made him go to stop making fun of it. And then he loved it. And I remember getting ready one night to go to yoga. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going tonight. I'm like, no, it's my night. It's like, no, you can watch the kids. I'll go. I was like, oh my God. Okay, fine. And so it just became him going, me going, blah, 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 blah. I think it was probably just within, man, at least three to six months of going meh, three or four times a week. Start off as like twice a week. Everyone goes, I'm going to go once a week. And then you're like, no, why, why not go twice a week? It's like, yeah, trust me, it gets better. It just gets better. You don't get tired and exhausted. You just get better. And three, about three or four months, three to six months, somewhere in there. I think that's when we noticed coworkers or friends and family asking us what was different. So I don't even know if we realized that we were different. I remember one of my colleagues at work was like, you're a lot less of a today. I was like, wow. And I don't hate you today. This is great. <laughs> I'm being honest. I mean, I'm dispatcher. We have, that's probably where my bad mouth comes from is the police world. Cause it's terrible. So yeah. It's just, people were like, wow, you're kind of pleasant today. I'm like, oh, thanks. Am I just evil all the other times? That's cool, but whatever. 
So, I, and then his work was telling him the same thing. My husband's kind of a jerk. I love him and he's really pretty, but he's, he's kind of a jerk. He's the jerk at the job site that everybody is like waiting for him to walk away and they're just going to talk crap the second he's gone. And he knows that he's, he's worked really hard to hone that. <laughs> but he was laughing because he's like, I think that yoga might be ruining me. I'm not able to be the jerk I need to be at some of these job sites. So I think it was a few months in, people started to say that we were behaving a little differently. And same with our kids. Our kids noticed that too. Like, mom, you're less psycho today. I'm like, okay, thanks. I'm not like abusive or anything. I just, I have like little cranky outbursts. Like, I'm just going to go scream in the yard for a minute. So cool. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's me. <laughs> I hear you. I'm like secretly the same way. That's why I love yoga is because it's very meditation focused. But for those of us who don't love to sit still, which I, you know, I do it, but I struggle yeah. with it. So caused her to do that extra pause, right? Like then the personal benefits start to emanate out in all parts of your life because you just have a little bit more of like that focus and that overview and that kind of calmness. So I know that's something that I love about yoga. It is. It's, it's totally meditation and movement and Hatha yoga, my background, it's that is the focus the focus is to break down the physical barriers to get on the inside it's like cracking open a nut kind of thing and I'm a tough one to crack (laughs) I guess that's what it is I don't know I mean, I think what you're doing is so important. Like one, I love that you followed your passion. There's a lot of really business, like key business takeaways, listening to the customer, following something that you love to do so you don't burn out. And I'm just kind of curious. It sounds like you didn't really have a business background and you just learned as you've gone. So what are some of the crazy things? And you can even get into weird minute details like taxes and just that like bookkeeping, that Uh, kind of stuff. Don't pay them. It's a, I'm just kidding. Pay your taxes. We had no business background. Oh my gosh, none whatsoever. I mean, I went to school, some crappy thing and got a little degree in medical assisting and switched it to like business and whatever. I didn't learn anything from that, that I'm applying now. It's totally different. No clue what we're doing. We were just like two idiots going, let's just go ahead and sacrifice everything. See what happens. That's literally what we did. We're completely, completely bootstrapped. So business terms, bootstrap, meaning we did everything by ourselves. We did not have any investors. We tried to get business loans. We had a really nice, we started like doing research in different places. I had a friend that opened a Pilates studio. I'm like, okay, how did you do that? What do I do? How do I become an LLC or do I become an LLC or blah, blah, blah. Like, what do I do? And she's like, call LegalZoom and do that. I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and do LegalZoom. Now I wouldn't do it now. I get it now. I don't really need to, but it was a great start. And actually it was like, a total DIY like kit, how to make a business. And it was helpful, but it was nuts. We had no idea what we were doing. It was super stressful. My husband decided to be the first one to commit financial suicide and quit his job. And he's like, well, we're not getting any funding. Do we bet on ourselves? Of course we do. So he threw his whole retirement in and his retirement is what got Vivify started. As you know, if you've done a million, you've talked to a million people, done business, there's like, what is it? Like the rule, you got to make it past year one, you got to make it past year three or five. That means that you're going to survive. I don't know. There's like this, right? There's this big array of different years. You just try to kind of inch along and there's a huge rate of businesses that don't make it to year five. It's actually really sad. And we were like, oh man, I hope that doesn't happen to us because that was your retirement. Yay. <laughs> and then when I left my job, Vivify was kind of sustaining just a little bit, but we needed a little bit more of a push. So I decided to throw all my chips in and do the same thing. And then there was a pandemic. Like, what's who does that? That's really funny. Thanks. Whatever. <laughs> but we're still here. So whew, 
I'm so <laughs> impressed. I, for those who can't see me because I'm muted, I'm just cracking <laughs> up here over on my end. But that's incredible. I mean, what year have you made it to now, though? Aren't you on like year five or something? Oh, man, we we hit six years in March. So we're six and a half years right now, right about six and a half. That's amazing. Six and a half to the public. That's We would have opened much sooner if the city of Rio Rancho was a little bit more efficient in getting things rolling. We've opened like in December. Well, that's what I, what I thought was really cool about your studio is like, it was open. It was the only thing Mike and I had to keep us sane during the pandemic and it was properly spaced and it was like COVID restricted yoga, obviously, but it was, it was like a total godsend during that time. So thank you for being brave I and like keeping so the lights on. hard. Oh my gosh. I fought so hard to be able to be open during the pandemic. I cannot tell you how much negativity we dealt with for choosing to stay open. And obviously, like you said, we were following guidelines. We we're keeping things clean. We were separating this and that, playing by the rules, working in law enforcement and being responsible for things that are FBI mandated and yada, yada. I don't mess around with legal documents. I mean, I know I sound like a flipping idiot half the time, but I'm actually not that stupid. Shocking. But <laughs> I was pulling up all of the stuff from the state of New Mexico and like fine tooth comb, like a lawyer going through it. I'm like, okay, are we good? Are we not good? Are we good? What are we doing? And so thank you for mentioning that because that was tough. It was, it was like, okay, who's comfortable teach? not really teach. Well, at first it wasn't even teaching, right? It was open studio. And then it was, who's comfortable being here. And if you are, here's what we're going to do to stay in compliance. And we're going to, we're going to find every loophole and swim right through it and just support us or not. And, uh, I can't begin to say enough how many gut-wrenching emails and phone calls we got people saying, I need you to be open. And I will try not to get emotional because I do get emotional, but it was rough. I had to think back to the times that what was my why? Why was I doing yoga? You know, Lisa had these mental health issues that she needed to address. And what was it like when I had to go get my tooth fixed and I couldn't do yoga for two weeks? What happened that two weeks? And I was backsliding into something kind of dark. And so when that pandemic hit, it was like, these are my people. <laughs> like they need to be in that room. It's not just like physical fitness. It's not like jazzercise from the eighties. It's like, they need to be in there. And man, we fought hard. We fought so hard to be able to, to sustain and be open the pandemic. And I would probably refer to you as what we call one of our hybrids. It's kind of an inside joke at Vivify, just so you know, you're, you're, you're part of the joke, but <laughs> there was this massive sort of group of people that showed up when we were closed that were not our regular members in the past. We had a few from the past, but there is this select group that has just sort of molded to us. And it was people that moved here from out of state, people that had never done yoga, people that just, but maybe they wanted to go to the gym and the gyms were closed or they wanted, I don't know. It was just, we call them like the hybrid group because our classes became much more aggressive. Uh, We pushed the envelope a little bit more than normal. So kind of an interesting little morphing effect that pandemic had on us, but I'm glad that you came and all the others too. Oh, me too. I mean, honestly, I can only imagine what you went through and like, thank you. And there, of course, like we all want to be safe and take this seriously, but the mental health problems that occurred during the pandemic and the suicide rates that went up, the alcoholism, all kinds of stuff like that. Like yoga is, I think the healthiest thing that you probably could do for yourself, I think during that time. So, and it was hot yoga, which in my mind, I justified as like, maybe the germs are dead, but nobody take that (laughs) as medical advice. Everyone seemed to stay pretty healthy and I was really impressed with how you zero, had zero cases. Yes. So, and I'm not surprised. No well, case. you're, 
amazing. Yay. All right. I'm like, knock on wood. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Okay. So my favorite thing, again, for those who haven't attended, come visit me in Rio Rancho so we can go to a class, but booty yoga on Friday nights, which is like a black light dance party. I was so surprised when I showed up to those first class. It was not the yoga I was expecting and it was a good thing. So how did you shake that pretentiousness? Obviously you didn't start as an instructor, so that's a great way to do it. And I know you mentioned other instructors around here, not just surprising to me can be like catty and clicky. Like how did you re-envision yoga in this really cool way? Oh my gosh. Like how do we make it civil amongst the chaos and uh, make it what it is? We had to kind of breed our own tribe. We kind of became a haven. This is way before pandemic, just in general, we have become like a haven for yoga teachers. When we first opened up, one of the things in our application is it ends, it ends with, you know, the usual, where have you worked, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't tell you anything. I don't I mean, I've had teachers that have taught for 17 years and taught for two years. And it doesn't mean the 17 year veteran is going to be better because you can get really good at doing something wrong, right? You know, practice makes permanent, not perfect. And for better or for worse, we would just interview them and ask them, you know, what makes you happy? What's your why? Why are you doing this? Why do you want to teach? What do you get out of it? What are you putting into it? Like, why? And all of them at first were like, uh, I'm a yoga teacher. I'm like, so <laughs> impress me. Why are you a yoga teacher? And it was good because we weeded out the people that not to be negative, but maybe they needed to do more soul searching. And I hope that they took that with them as a seed and hopefully they made it grow. And then we had uh, teachers come to us and go, you know, no one's ever asked me my take on it. Nobody said that I could play my own music. We also, they would ask us, they would ask us, what playlist am I allowed to play? And we look at each other like, you guys are forced to play music that's been assigned to you. How is that going to make you inspired? And so we didn't know that. It was like a learn as you go kind of thing. So they were like, wait, I get to pick my music. I'm like, yeah, just not, not a lot of bad words. And then Booty came along. We had to kind of revamp that and allow the bad words. But <laughs> yeah, it was just, we allowed them to explore themselves and be open. And we watched our teachers evolve and grow. And a lot of them, it was like, what did they do to you, honey? Did they hurt you? Like, what? They were just, I mean, honestly, a lot of them were just like, I can't play this music. I can't do that. It was really sad. It was like, wow, well, that sucks. No, just, I mean, maybe not country. I like country. It's just not really, it doesn't really jive in hot yoga. It's really awkward. But other than that, we're good. And it was just great to let them explore themselves and, and, and essentially kind of tune right back into their practice. And so it seemed to be like this street sort of credit we were building. Teachers, you want to be like yourself? You know, you want to do this or push the envelope a little bit, get a little edgy, go to Vivify. They're not going to judge you. I didn't know we were building that kind of a name for ourselves, but apparently we were. I mean, obviously when you walk in our studio, there's like the Goonies truffle shuffle on the wall. I don't know any studios that have stupid things like the Goonies on the wall, but. Oh, that's epic. I mean, so much respect. It really shows it's a different experience for the better. So I think throwing the rule book out the window was the right call there. I was like, I don't know. I mean, there's a rule book, but do you like the rule? I mean, I like the studio that I went to. I was really inspired by where I went, but I had gone to multiple places where it was super shitty walking the door. I hate feeling judged. I don't like it. I don't like walking in the door and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Am I not? I'm supposed to be like this. Is that better? Or, you know, should I straighten my hair and bleach it first? Or should I cover up all my tattoos? And everybody in New Mexico has tattoos, but for some reason, mine were questionable. I don't know what it was. I'm just saying, right? And mine aren't offensive. It's like the one thing not offensive on me, but it's just so many times I walk in the studio and just feel super like, whoa, I went into the wrong place. I think I need to leave and go anywhere but here. 
And some places felt really welcoming and very loving, but not all of them. Some made it very clear that you don't belong here. And that's never the feeling that we wanted. We wanted people to walk in the door and be like, man, I'm home. This place is a little crazy, a little bit rough around the edges. I like it. And that's kind of what we were going for. These are pearls of wisdom. You're literally rattling off like business lessons <laughs> that I have read in books from Peter Thiel really? and others. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you've got a real mind and a, a nose for business in a really impressive way. And like, I'm glad you didn't have back knowledge of it because I think you can overthink yourself uh, out of it. I agree with that. But it's cool that you've intuited this actually because there's a lot of wisdom in in these words. So I love that. And I definitely feel like I'm home when I'm there. But what I love most about that is just I love recruiting people to exercise and it's so frustrating taking them to a yoga studio where they're like, I'm afraid I'm not really skinny. Like I'm not bendy. So your studio is perfect because none of my friends get scared and like never come again. They just want to come back for more. So all walks of life in this place, right? Literally all shapes and sizes. I don't, I don't see sizes. I I just see personalities and spirit and heart. And if I don't like you, I'll tell you, (laughs) but if I love you, I'll tell you it's, it goes both ways, right? It's just the rule is leave all the bullshit outside. None of that's welcome in here. So if you're going to be in a good mood and you're willing to share that, then please come in. But if you're going to be an asshole, please don't. I just can't imagine you actually saying that to anyone because you seem pretty loving and accepting and open. But I am also <laughs> a big fan of the body positivity too. Like I love that there's women of all sizes, sizes, shapes, and colors, you know, and booty shorts and we're shaking it. And I, I like the black light <laughs> awesome. thing because it's dark and I'm like, it's okay that no one can see my, you know, fumbly yoga pose that I'm doing. I think that women and men, actually everyone really needs more support to just be themselves. Stop trying to fit in a little box. No one fits in that box. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'm a super self-conscious person. I remember a time when I was like, oh, never going to wear yoga pants, especially if they get me to go to class. Like why? They're stretchy pants. They fit your legs. You can see your legs, you know, just, I don't know, like just society, typical girl crap growing up and not fitting certain, I don't know, expectations. And then getting to be around certain teachers and different environments. Like, Oh my gosh, I actually feel kind of good right now. This is okay. It's just let it go. And just, it's such a freeing experience. And I don't want to ever become that studio where someone just walks in and is like, I don't, I don't fit in. I don't feel comfortable. That would crush me. That would crush my soul. It would, it would, I would not be able to be good with that at all. You were my hero before this podcast, but the fact that you bootstrapped your business is so extremely epic. I mean, congratulations. Now you're in year six. Yes. And I'm a big advocate for bootstrapping. And I'm curious, like, what was your original investment? How long were you until you were maybe able to become profitable? If you are profitable, are you able to do this as like a side hustle or is this your full-time thing? And and what's the goal for what's next? At first, it was more of a side hustle for me. It was full-time for my husband. And as we kind of just kind of plateaued and got stuck, then he went back to work and then I quit my job. So one of us has always been here. Now we're both working and it seems to be that the, the it's really strange. Our roles have shifted, especially with the pandemic. So I have gone back to dispatching and I work at a tribal agency, but it's a very awesome agency that allows me to kind of do work from there, which is very bizarre. It's not natural, but it's tribal. So you get to break lots of rules, which is great. And my husband has gone back into a contracting position for engineers. This is really interesting. He's kind of shifted into more real estate kind of stuff that he's wanting to do on the side and get back to his practice as yoga, as just the student. And I let him handle the really fun stuff like the taxes. And I hate that stuff. I don't want to deal with that. No way. Like he can deal with the taxes. He can deal with meh. And I'll deal with people. I'm better at people than he is. So we, we finally 
And that's something I guess I could touch upon. And I apologize. I bounce all over the place. When you have a business, I don't know what it's like to do it as one person. We did it as a partnership. What we figured out really quick within the first six months was him trying to get me to be like him wasn't working. And he's like, you need to do this. You need to be serious about this and that. And he would think that because I wasn't serious about something, I didn't care. And it wasn't for lack of caring. It's just that I wasn't the same kind of person. And so it took a while, probably good two years of back and forth, just bickering, trying to figure out how to make this work and not like stop. We want to make sure we kept on loving yoga because <laughs> it tests you a little bit. He had strengths that were my weaknesses and I had strengths that were his weaknesses. I'm like, cool. Why don't I just do my strengths and you do your strengths? Maybe this could work. And that helped a lot. As far as a financial investment goes, try and remember how much he invested. I don't want to throw a whole lot of numbers out there. And I'm probably wrong because I didn't do the first dump of money in the first batch. It's probably around 50K, maybe 30, 50, something like that. It wasn't bad. The nice thing about a yoga studio is there's nothing in it. (laughs) There's like walls. The most expensive thing are the mirrors. And those things are really stupid expensive, by the way. And in our case, the heaters, finding out what kind of heaters you wanted. So we were... (laughs) freaking broke the day we opened talk about stress because of the city and their lack of ability to get their together in a timely fashion we were paying rent and not pulling any kind of money in so being bootstrapped meant everything right we had to do payroll we had to cover the rental costs for the building because we don't own it we rent it and everything to furnish it and whatever So we were just paying rent like January, February, March, still no clients. We couldn't even advertise. We didn't know we were going to open. And I kind of had an attitude problem. So I remember telling my husband, we got to open, we need to make money. And then then it's yoga. So then you you also feel guilty making money in the beginning. You're like, but it's for the better. I'm like, well, this place ain't free and Jesus isn't going to pay the bill. So we got to open it up. I just, I made it a, an Instagram announcement and uh, Facebook and I gave an opening date. And my husband called me. He's like, we're not ready to open. I'm like, I know you got two weeks. You need to get ready. He's like, Lisa, I, we haven't finished painting. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. I'm like, cool. You got two weeks. He's like, nope, take it down. We're not ready. Cause we finally got the go ahead from the city, but we were not ready as a building. And he just was so pissed off. He's like, we are not ready. Take it down. Like you take it down. And he's not really good at social media and stuff. So I knew he wouldn't be able to figure it out. It's like the red door at the house. I painted one of our, our doors at our house red because I felt like it and he hated it because no other door was red in the house. And I was, he was like, fix it, make it white again. I'm like you paint it. I had a red door for seven years. It was great. And you can see it every day he got up, walked out the hall as a red door. It was just like, huh, okay. I don't know. I wanted a red door. So it's kind of the studio. Like we're going to open, we're going to open it right now. Get ready. And literally he was here like the night before getting things ready. And like, we're just going to do it because he's like, but we, and at that point we had run out of money. I don't think we've ever told anybody that he's like, we don't even have anything to pay them. I was like, yeah, I worked overtime. So I was still dispatching. I was like, I worked a lot of overtime and I've got payroll covered and we have got to figure this out. We have no choice. We, our backs are against the wall. We've sacrificed everything. Well, he had, I hadn't yet, but I was getting there. We just said jump. So we opened and it pissed him off and (laughs) We just started blasting social media because we didn't know any other way to market. And we opened, had lots of one or two people classes because no one really knew who we were. It was hilarious. And it just worked out. I don't really know how it happened. It was like, okay, we have just enough money to pay them. Oh my God. All right. We paid the rent and pay them. And I'm like, look at my paycheck, my personal paycheck, my cool. I'll skip my truck payment and make sure that the payroll's covered. I mean, literally that's what we were doing. And I did not 
oh my gosh, I had to get deferments on my, my loan to my truck. We skipped our own personal mortgage, I think like two months to make sure our teachers were, were paid and not stressed out. So we had time to kind of build and accumulate our studio. We're like, we're just going to figure this out. If we have to put a cot in the back, <laughs> like we're just, we're going to do it. And it was, it was tough. It took, it took like six months to get kind of sustainable. I know some take a little longer, but I would say for us to get where I wasn't having to work as much overtime and give my personal money was probably like six months, six months, eight months, something like that. That's such a great story. That's so inspiring. Like, congratulations. That's a huge act of courage. Oh my gosh. I sold guns that I didn't want to sell. A trailer. Oh, well, look at what you've created now. You've created an entire movement. So that's like, well, and you were profitable after six months. Is that right? I would say just breaking even. I wouldn't go so far to say profitable. I would say breaking even for probably like the first two years. Like we're not making anything, but we're also not in debt. And that's good. I'm like, as long as you're out of debt, it's all good. You know? So did you know, by the way, that red doors are like welcoming feng shui and they're also um, a premonition of wealth? I need to paint the door red again. It's white. Now. <laughs> I didn't paint it. He did eventually paint it. You should have told him that. You should have been like, well, I was bringing in good luck money to every to I had one, my living room wall, I hadn't slept in like 30 hours, which is common for dispatchers. And I was just looking at it one day. I was like, it's really ugly and white and big. And I have red paint in the garage. Let's see how much red paint. And I just painted the whole wall red. He was like, why did you do that? I'm like, it looks nice though. He was okay with the one red wall. And then I had a little extra and I was like, I was standing by this door in the hallway and she's like, you could be red. And I painted that one door red. So I don't know. It was red for a long time. I love that. Very cool. So what's next? I mean, you've built this incredible thing and you're on your six. Like, what do you want to see in the future happen? I think this is probably a good insert for the retreat. So retreats have been and, and events, things like that we've wanted to do since we opened and I was actually in talks with getting retreats launched right before the pandemic hit. Literally, we had to stop all of our meetings because we were going into lockdown. I hadn't told my teachers about it yet, just my my two friends I was going to work with. And I was like, well, just kidding, guys. <laughs> Looks like no one's going anywhere. And then um, I just launched it this last month. So that that's a really big one for me. I went to a couple of retreats. I worked at one of them. I helped my sister at, at it. She's also a yoga teacher. It was life-changing. It was, it was crazy. It was just like this immersive go. I was in the North shore in Hawaii and you go up there and you're like doing yoga in the morning and then you go do lunch, but you don't really leave the area. You kind of just stay. And then maybe you, Oh, on the list, it has meditation. So I'm going to go to this location and do a meditation class. And then I go to this end of the property and do another yoga class. And then there's going to be this amazing concert until the sunrise, which I'm old and I can't last that long, but the idea was good. And I did that for an entire weekend, which a lot of people do. They're all over the world. This is not a new idea. It's not a new concept, but the thing that I'm putting on it is, I don't know, it, it's probably been done before, but if it has, I've Googled it and I can't find it yet, but <laughs> Retreats were something that I thought would be a great way to expand some of the things that Vivify is doing. One, because it gets people out of their element, because even in a yoga studio where people are getting out of their daily lives, and I think it's necessary for growth, you got to get a little uncomfortable and you got to stop staring at the same four walls. And that's metaphoric. Your four walls could be your car if you drive for a living. Your four walls could be your house. It could be your office. It could be anything. You just, you got to break from that a little bit. And the studio could start to be, people are hilarious. They could start to make the studio that same monotonous, 
horrible grind and you see it when there's a teacher that subs, I will get a sub for my class. Good example. And people won't show. They're like, it, it wasn't you. I'm like, okay. But it was a teacher that you normally see on a different day of the week. But it wasn't you on that time at that time, day. I'm like, oh my God, you're way overthinking this. <laughs> it's, it's like, ah, so that's why I, I'm also the jerk that doesn't like to tell that this is a sub to like the last minute. I'm like, oh, I got you. You can't leave. That was the next big thing is, so I'm going to go, I'm getting off on tangent again, retreats. So my thing right now is to get these intimate groups of people together, small groups, go travel, go get out of town. Because usually when people go on a vacation, it's seldom solo. Solo's nice. Or it's with a loved one, like a, a spouse, or it's with a relative. It's not often with a bunch of people they don't know. And so you're taking your strange comfort zones with you when you travel. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but you're taking pieces of your comfort zone with you. So the idea behind the retreat is if you're going to take pieces of with your comfort zone with you, maybe they come on the retreat too. You're going to be exposed to other people and other environments. And I'm going to find a way to get you out of your comfort zone and help you to grow a little bit more and just reignite that self-value all over again. So like this next one is going to be in Breckenridge. I love Breckenridge so much. I love Colorado and it's incorporating something that's local. So we're getting to connect with the locals in that area. The sup yoga is not being done by me, even though I do that also, I don't want to do it on this one. I want to connect with the people that are in Breckenridge. And so kind of like bringing two tribes together sort of thing. Maybe in the spring, we'll look at one that includes whitewater rafting has nothing to do with yoga. So wherever I go, I'm going to somehow connect with something locally, wherever that is. So that's a big part of it. And of course I would like to have more more studios <laughs> eventually. <laughs> so how can we attend? Like, how can I attend? They can sign up at vivifynm.com. They can do it even from the mobile app and it's all inclusive if you live here locally. So I also made it to where if you live here with us and you can handle being in a car with me uh, for six and a half hours, I know it's tough. It's tough. I got a horrible playlist. It's going to be shuttling up. So we'll shuttle from Vivify, the little parking lot out here. We have got some shuttles together. We'll shuttle up to Breckenridge, about six and a half hours. It's not too bad. And then we'll shuttle back on Sunday. And uh, all of the food is covered. So all of your meals are covered. I want these women to come together and not have to be responsible for somebody else. I don't want them cooking or cleaning or doing anything for anybody but themselves. That's it. But yeah, I just, it's going to be, and it will be a combination of, um, Jessica will be there, of course. She's going to, she's going to fly in from Vegas. I know, kind of sucks. Myself and Jamie, our personalities are super different, but we connect really well together, which is very interesting. And that's all I want women to do. I want them to just love themselves. I want them to feel beautiful and confident, not Oh, who do I have to take to soccer today? Who do I have to feed today? Or what do I, I don't want anyone to do any of that crap. So I don't know how often, how often was the last time that women really got to say this weekend's all for me and nobody else. Like, do we even do that? It's so hard. That's like totally worth calling out too. Cause you're a mom, which I had no idea. Like how old are your kids. kids? Oh my gosh. Like 20, 22. No. Okay. No. It feels like a lot. I have three. <laughs> that is a lot. You look like you're, did you start having them in middle school? Cause yeah, I was like 12. <laughs> no, I was I was 19. I turned 20 like two weeks later. So I have a son that is about to be 20 in October, a 17-year-old and a nine-year-old. Okay, so I'm doing more yoga if I can like look like you after three kids. Oh, thanks. That is working. Yes. What advice would you give to Lisa five years ago, knowing what you know now? My advice for business, think about opening a business, stop thinking about it and just do it. And don't ask your family for support or advice. Family is the worst people to go to for advice. I learned that really, really quick. And it's not bad. It's just, especially if they love you, 
they tend to tell you it's not going to work out. You could lose. And it's not their fault. They're just being those overworried. They don't want to see you fail. And there's a good chance that you will fail. And uh, my advice is if you fail, then get up and do it again until you don't. It's, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's easier than you think. It takes jumping, right? It's just, it just takes a lot of tenacity. It doesn't take a genius to do it. It takes someone that has a lot of heart. My, my, my advice is to stay pure and true to your intentions. You have to do something from your heart. If you don't believe in it, I don't know if you should be doing it. And that's anything, not even just a business. If you don't believe in it, then get out because it's, you're going to live an empty life. But if your calling is to do something, you're like, I got to do this, just do it. You might fail. So what? But you could fail at doing something you don't love, right? That's what Jim Carrey, I think he said that. That was one of my favorite quotes. And he's right. You know, you could, you could fail at doing something you love, but you could fail at something you don't love. So just lead with love, give it a shot. As far as yoga goes, Stop thinking it's bendy people and skinny people. I hate, I hate that. I hate that so much. I hate hearing, I would do yoga, but I'm not flexible. Like no shit. So I invited you. Nobody goes to yoga because they're bendy. <laughs> people go to yoga because they're broken. I'm broken. My soul and my physical body was broken. I mean, really, you go to yoga to be unbroken, to unscrew all the mess that you are. So if you're not perfect and you have bad days every now and then, Maybe you should try yoga. I mean, basically, if you're human, it's good for you. Give it a shot. And it's so beautiful because you can do a slow pace. You can do an aggressive. It's yoga is kind of like your body explaining out loud what it's going through. It might be a slow song. It might be a fast song. You know, it's like playing music, but with your body, you just, you got to pay attention and just be in tune with yourself. And most of the time when you walk in the door that first time, you don't even know that's what you're doing. My advice is just to show up lay on that mat, go with the flow and see what happens. If you hate it, so what? Don't go back. Even in laying in Shavasana for an entire class, that's okay. And you do get benefits from it. It's just about the mind and clearing your head and listening to yourself and just living out your truth. That's all that it is. I've never met anybody go into yoga and be like, I hated that. That was horrible. Unless it was like some stupid at-home program with some crazy fitness guru guy that's yelling at you because that's not really yoga. That doesn't count. (laughs) Maybe some of the wisest words I've ever heard on this podcast. (laughs) Honestly, really, really good. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, the, the yoga, the hardcore yoga, that's like the only time, but I, that's what I tell a lot of people, such a wise piece of advice, like just lay on the mat the whole time and you got a good sauna session in. Yeah, me too. Even if you just get do like one pose extra credit. So thank you again so much for coming on the show. Where can people find you? Everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So website, we'll do website is obviously www.vivifynm like new mexico.com our instagram is at vivify underscore hot underscore yoga i'm not really sure why that worked that way but it did mine is yoga.lisa.vivify it sounds it sounds stupid but i couldn't think of anything else and, and we're on facebook we're literally just a little bit everywhere so when is the retreat again it is september the 9th through the 12th so once we actually have a list of people that are that are in there, they'll get a questionnaire that's going to ask them what they do like to eat, what their any allergies, that kind of stuff. So we can actually kind of tailor it to who's attending. 
Wow, that was awesome. I don't know about you, but I feel so inspired. I still have goosebumps. That was everything I hoped it would be and more. Lisa is just a true role model and inspiration. I'm so proud of her for escaping a life that didn't work for her and building an entire world community and dare I say yoga movement. This girl knows a thing or two about how to bootstrap a business. I love her intuitive approach. I love that she didn't let stereotypes of business founders get in her head. She just moved forward and does it her way. I also just loved the wisdom that she talked about with yoga. It really is life-changing. I think it really did well with our theme of money and mindfulness. We definitely covered all of those topics today. So thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on the show. I feel really inspired and I love that you're living your best life and pursuing your dreams. And you know, you'll never look back on your deathbed and say you didn't do it all. Thank you so much for tuning in. You are the true audience that makes the show work. So I really appreciate you tuning in and watching every week. In fact, I'm really impressed you made it this far. So if you made it this far, drop the word beaver in the comments and I will DM you with a special surprise. And remember to smash that like button and hit subscribe as always. It's you that makes this show work. Also, what can we do better? Like who can we have on the show? I'm always looking for innovative, inspiring guests who are doing something cool. And obviously I love people who aren't just in business or money, but are doing other interesting, cool, kick-ass things with their life. Thank you for listening to this content. It really does mean the world that you like and subscribe. So I can't wait to see you next week for the next episode. Until then, thanks for watching Money Self-Made, soon to be invested success. Music